0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus Sales Event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: science to
0: celebrate. List now after Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true. It's real. Financial blockers? I to put those here to test our faith. A damn
1: lie. I, I saw them with my own eye. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? We did illusions, man. None of it is true. I know it's bad. This is mass madness, you maniac. In God's name, you people are the real thing.
0: We are the illusion.
2: Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast, and we are here with a brand new year, supposedly, if we trust the calendar. I don't know if I do. I'm sure Charlie doesn't. But we're here with Mr. Charlie Robinson
1: again. Hey, how's it going, Charlie? Uh, It's going well. I mean, I I have the same level of anxiety that I think most people have for 2024, Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. like a general uneasiness. So happy... 2024, yeah. I think, look, we're all here, right? That's yeah. a good start. Um, they can only kill us once, right? <laughs> they can make us miserable right? for a yeah. while. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, so, I
2: mean, it's not all doom and gloom. This is an no. even keel to look forward to. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, I hate to say it because I know it's partly um, the endorphin or whatever it is that kind of keeps us looking at all the evil stuff going on, but... It's exciting, too. Like, what's this year going to bring? Because there's been so much, like, so much is going to happen next year. Oh, now it's really coming. It's like, okay, well, it's all been incremental so far, as it's always been. And is this going to be finally the year? Or do we all grow up, every generation, at some point, thinking the end is nigh? Fuck, man, it's all over the place. But I I listened to your recent episode, and it, it gave me some hope, but it also gave me some, like... I don't know i wouldn't call it fear just like the need for more responsibility in my life i guess you could say but um but yeah um where should we start here first of all before we get going any further your show has now expanded on tnt radio to five days a week from the one
1: to the five so you're monday through friday now at 2 p.m est right Yeah, it felt like a it felt like a summer job when I was doing it on Saturday mornings. My time, you know, it was like 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday mornings where I am in Denver. It's like Mm -hmm. Saturday mornings. It's like an easy morning. I'm not doing anything. This will be fun. Now it's Monday through Friday. Every day at 2 p.m. Eastern for an hour, and instead of it being like, hey, let's just hang out and, you know, the cameras were now the cameras are on and and there and and now it's like and i've got now i've got an i'm official i've got a i've got an earpiece an invisible earpiece where oh, it like great. runs up the back we're gonna go and, to our guy I've got, down on the <laughs> i got a producer in my ear in australia in the in the studio who's telling me things and so-and-so has jumped in and he's coming you know we've got something. so cool man so it it all feels very important and very like you know real mm-hmm. but um but I'm not a newscaster. I just don't know how long it'll take before they figure it out. Uh, <laughs> what's funny though is I, I got, I did get an, an email from the owner um, who put me through the ringer over the first couple of weeks with technical issues. But now I think, uh, well, there's two owners over there. And I think they both like me. I got a, a message, um, which I think was a little early for it to be a New Year's Eve-induced drunken message from Australia, but it was pretty close. It was like a, maybe a couple hours early from the owner saying, I really love your show. You're a perfect host. And I was like, what? Perfect host? Ooh. This is, Hang on a second. Watch out. I'm not going to be able to fit my head out of the doorway if you keep w- up with this stuff. Um, and, and it's like... Oh, you haven't, you haven't heard all of my stuff yet. It, there's still time for you to hate me. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, to, to, to his respect, you are a fantastic host, Charlie. And well, I love macroaggressions and the Charlie Robinson show is fantastic. You could even see that crazy guy, Andy Rouse popped up there a couple times. That mm-hmm. was fun.
1: You've yeah, been, in, you've, a... yeah, you've been, uh, you've been good to me and I appreciate you. And I know that if we're going to get into like, you know, if we're gonna get into the history, the stuff that I I'm interested in, but I don't know enough about it, then I have to I have to reach out to you because you're going to you're gonna tell me some Norse folklore <laughs> tale from a thousand years ago that I'm gonna go, What? I've never even thought about something like this. You're gonna be like, Oh yeah, this is the thing, you know, you gotta know about this. So so um we have our specialties, you. right? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and like I was telling you before we
2: started here that um you know, when I saw you drop that episode, um I think you called it Should We Be Worried About 2024, you know, you're the only person in in my life, my mind that could make that title on like a conspiracy alternative kind of platform and it not shoot out like fear porn flags to me because a lot of times that's what we get. And I feel like, okay, I saw that title. I'm like, Charlie's going to bring me something along this topic that's balanced and realistic and down to earth, Um, which I can't even provide half the time because I'm You know, going off into left field half the time, but I knew that you would bring like a pretty balanced approach to like, should we honestly be worried about it? And I really liked that episode and I I hope people have and will go check it out. And I really kind of wanted to, to kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, me, I'm always talking about ancient history. So I don't often talk about contemporary things on, on this show. And I wanted someone like you to come on and we could talk about this for a long time, but yeah, mostly what's your, what's your general take what's your outlook in general? Like, do you feel good about the new year coming or are you terrified? I mean, what do you think?
1: Well, I mean, I, I feel like it, you've got to kind of rip the bandaid off a little bit because we've got some problems mm. and they're not going to get fixed until we're honest about them. You know, we've got financial a a financial catastrophe but the thing is it's like that's not specific to 2024 we've Mm. had a financial catastrophe looming for the last couple of years the fact that we haven't had it yet is just because they've been manipulating it so it could hit in 2024 it could hit the the year after that but i i i love the the opinion that some of this stuff we just need to work through we the, the there's no you, know, you you can put this on your credit card, your emotional credit card, but at some point you have to pay the bill. And, and we've done that from a, from an actual financial standpoint of putting everything on our credit card as a, as a nation. And that's never a good sign, but we've also outsourced and, and, and postponed a lot of the stuff that we need to be honest about. And that is that there are some, there's an ideology that's infecting uh the West in general and United States in particular. And it is uh, it is this this wokeism, uh environmental social governance, DEI diversity, in, equity, inclusion, uh models. It's this this reimagining of, of society where everybody's a special rainbow unicorn person and we can't, and and everybody brings something amazing to the table. And, in, and it's, it's, it's a lot of magical thinking and nonsense. And it'd be one thing if it was just that, but it's getting like normalized. It's getting into curriculums in schools and in schools for younger kids. Obviously we've seen what's been going on in universities over the last couple of years and it feels like it's like it's almost like a detachment from reality. It's like, oh, everybody's equal. Everybody has to be equal. If everybody's not equal, it's like, what what planet are you living on? I'm right. all for equal opportunities, but not equal outcomes. I can't. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get hired. I'm not gonna get signed to a four year deal by the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm not. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. And I shouldn't. And if they, I mean, sign, you never they,
2: know. They <laughs> At this point, <laughs> yeah. you know, the way it's going, you could you yeah, could that, identify well, as a professional well, basketball player. That's
1: that's the thing is that I would have to I just have to identify as, as something other than and so there's a lot of this this um, wokeism that you know at first it was funny. And, and, and kind of like easy, like, you know, you'd kind of goof on people and it was, it was funny. And now it's not funny anymore because now it's like becoming embedded in the culture. And there's a lot of people that are, that are of the belief that they can just, um, you know, that like, I, I don't work what is work i don't i don't want to go to i want oh you know the videos yeah. of people like i went to work and oh my you god i know. I like, get enough work and i come home and it's dark already and 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 what am i supposed to and, and the commute
2: to... i have to commute to this job my god
1: <laughs> welcome yeah, to man, the reality. It's everywhere yeah. yes this is called getting out of school and, and facing the big bad world so it, it feels like there's a lot of just i don't know, just magical thinking yeah. and and that's that's bad when it's being done by people in, in positions of high power. Um, and and when they demand it of others, you know, it's one thing when you're like, these people are crazy, but it's, it's another thing when you're like, these people are crazy and they're also my college professors. Yeah. That's the most important part. (laughs) I have to, what answer do I give on this test? Do I give the, do I give the real answer or do I give an answer that this guy wants? where, where the question is, can men get pregnant? And I have to say yes, because I need to pass this class because I'm $75,000 in debt and I'm about to get out, you know, and I've got two semesters left and I'm about to graduate and all that, you know? And so like, what are we doing? So there's part of it that I I, like from a social standpoint, it feels like a weird experiment that's going on with all this wokeism And, and that's one thing. And then there's, there's the, the, economic side of things the and that i have um that i i I worry about only because you know at some point you you know you you can't the the music stops and you've got to grab a chair and 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 i fear that that's going to happen in 2024 but to be fair i thought that was going to happen in 2019 as well and it didn't. right so yeah, like all kind of you know, talking
2: about it slowly like it's looming
1: regardless you yeah know. the timing aspects of like oh i think it'll happen in august of 2025 like that you know you never you you you're you're guessing and speculating and and but the things that i don't need to speculate about is that we're overextended as a country uh financially we're we're overextended as a country socially we're 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 busybodies we're getting involved in all these other wars around the country or around the world and and uh and and there's an overall lack of prioritization with the the the, the, the like if you made a list of 100 items that needed to get fixed in America the problem that i feel is that my list would not be the list that they would work off of. That, that 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 if I looked, if I took a look at Joe Biden's list, it would be like number one, domestic white supremacy is the number one threat to America. And you are like, really? Yeah. Then
2: ice That's, cream. We need ice cream.
1: We need more ice and more
2: cream. ice cream. Yeah. Things like more that. Yeah. Ice
1: cream. I was I was gonna make I was gonna make a joke like <laughs> step number one, make sure I don't shit my pants with the Pope again. You know what I mean? But 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 like the the priorities are out of whack. Yeah. It feels like very cartoonish like the president and the vice president are not serious people. They they come out, they have a press secretary she comes out with a binder. People ask her questions. She can't give answers. She can't answer their questions. She then just starts flipping through the binder and then reads off an answer that doesn't make any sense. And when you call her out on it, then they say, well, you're, you're, you're picking on her because she's a, uh, a woman of color and a lesbian and an immigrant. And you go, yeah, that's, boom, why I'm boom. that's the, that's the old, that's the, when you introduced her to everybody is as, as, um, as the Biden you know as Biden's uh, press secretary the way you introduced her to the to the world was that ladies and gentlemen the first Haitian woman of color lesbian press secretary ladies and gentlemen what's her fucking name who cares I you know what I mean like it didn't either. matter she she right. was she was all she was just box ticking and everything so everything feels very cartoonish and And again, that would be one thing if I was just writing books about a a time or an era that I wasn't a part of. But I have to live on this planet too with these lunatics. Right. And so I'm frustrated by it. And so I I, when when I put together the 2024 episode, I was trying to like, okay, you know, I don't want to I don't want to scare everybody. I don't think that's helpful. I don't I don't work well when I'm scared. I work well when I'm when I've got a checklist of things that I need to do and I can prioritize it and I can get through it. So I wanted to try and frame it in a way that wasn't like, oh, we got to be extra scared of 2024. But the problem is we do have an election selection whatever however we <laughs> want to look at it and that regardless of how we feel about that and, and it's not specific to 2024 because 2028 will have the same issues. But every year where there's an election, there's always some sort of ancillary nonsense that's going on too that's like a distraction or it's something that comes up and it just makes the the, the year very weird and it feels like the the administration that's in office doesn't work you know it feels like it's second semester senior year they're not working they're they're campaigning and you go yeah i understand you're campaigning but could you also do the job that you were there you're there to do for this last year i mean you've been doing such a shitty job of it the first three years i don't maybe maybe we shouldn't ask you to finish this up but but (laughs) you know you know how it's going to be for this year it's going to be like well joe biden's out on the campaign trail you know and you're like why why aren't you doing is the the only place you should be on the campaign trail is down at the southern border explaining why you allowed this situation to take place but you can't talk about that Oh, you can't talk about that then 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 everybody wants to say well you might just be a little bit racist right exactly
2: There's they corner you in every, every way possible, no matter what you say or do. And it it goes down to the college campuses all the way up to the white house. So it's, it's, it's predictive programming. It's, it's, you know, they're modeling their behavior for their pupils and their children out there in the world. It's, it's terrible. And you're right. It feels like cardboard, like, i mean literally didn't we have a situation where he was supposedly in the oval office but then it wasn't the oval office or something yeah it's it's like kindergarten it's It's like sounds they were
1: they were looking out the window yeah and it was like he's like here we are where we're you know oval (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like you're like, (laughs) you're like okay okay and then he's like he and then you see the the window and it's like a sunny day out there and people are like hey man it's snowing in washington (laughs) right now they're not in washington dc i don't
2: know where they are and i'm not saying that previous uh administrations and news networks and governments in general may not have faked things many many times but the um you know of course we a lot of us point out how obvious it's become and it's almost too obvious and it's it's that plays a part in this too, because for people like us that have kind of every door open in our head to kind of look at it and try to see it from a million different angles, we don't know what to think of it. But then the, the populace out there that starts to notice, you know, it's one thing for the critical thinking, tinfoil hat wearing, you know, conspiracy analyst to notice this stuff, for it to be so blatantly obvious that you know, anyone that's just paying half attention will start to notice how weird and odd it is. And even if they make excuses and still vote for these assholes, they'll still willingly ignore this fakery and that's yeah. clearly going on. And I wonder, is that just the balls on these people? Or I don't think they have balls. I wonder if this is strategic as well. I mean, we talked to already about a number of different little pieces that like are kind of falling apart here. And it's like, is it all in an intentional collapse? Like you often have talked about. Yeah. Is this it, more of what you've written about?
1: It, it, it feels like there's, um, you know how, like if you watch a, a, a well done Pixar movie, there's a, there's a storyline for the kids. And then there's also a storyline or there's some jokes that are for the adults, right? yes And I feel like when I look at this Biden administration and, and, and the, the the apparatus recently, Where it's very cartoonish. It's like, there's one message that's like, this is totally nonsensical. And this is for the normie, you know, people that aren't really paying attention. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: it's like, it's like, we all see what all the other stuff that's going on. And, and I feel like, like, hey, we see this. They go, oh yeah. Oh, that other part of the show. That's special just for you. Right, right. While you see what's Ooh. actually happening, and you get to watch while nobody else can see it except you, enjoy the show. And it's almost go, oh, like you sin. people are even more diabolical than yeah. I thought, because you want me to see. You know, because it's like you could. That's the thing is that you could make it less obvious. I could. I could. They could hire me. Not that I would do it, but they could. Hi- <laughs> they could hire somebody like me. To go they to have. the White House and just – and they can say, how do we make it look – and you go, well, I definitely wouldn't be doing this, that, or this, or this, or that, or that, you know, it, all these things. But they are doing it. If I know right. that they shouldn't be doing that, clearly they know they shouldn't be doing it, and yet they're doing it. It's the right. Solzhenitsyn lie. Like we know they're lying. They know they're lying. We know that they know that they're <laughs> lying. You know what I mean? but And yet they're still lying. And so we're at this at this point where it's like – I know it's fake and they know it's fake and they know that I know it's fake.
2: And so, they're okay like, with am that. Am
1: I just <laughs> have to watch this like am I supposed to just watch this play out and suck my thumb in the corner and just take it? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right, it's like feel- they're
2: saying watch what we're going to do to your siblings. Watch what we're going to do to all your friends. It's like oh my god, yeah. And I and man, not to digress, but you know, the holidays just being here. Man, it's just the tension, even in, in the, the extended family sometimes because of differing beliefs, you know, a person like me kind of has to bite my lip and not say much. But yeah, underneath yep. it all, underneath all wow. the stupid little arguments that you get into or the spats with your family members, it's like you want to express to them. It's like, I just want to I just want to make sure that the people I love are informed. Yeah. And from their perspective, they think you're just being Jesus and it sucks. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. You can't really, you can't even get that level of sympathy like, listen, I know you think I'm crazy. I'm just trying to help. Yeah. yeah. You think you're some savior. Stop it. And right. it's like, oh okay.
1: man. You go, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. You keep keep injecting yourself, dummy. <laughs> you know, keep injecting <laughs> yourself. If you, if you took your dog to the vet every year for the last three years and kept getting rabies vaccines for your dog and your dog kept getting rabies wouldn't you ask questions like right that, that's kind of where i am with this whole thing if you're not if you're not putting the pieces together then then at the bare minimum get out of my way right right because i i have uh, you know when berwick and i wrote controlled demolition of the american empire we we wrapped it up and i'm not giving away anything by i'm not like spoiling the ending or anything but it, but we we made this comparison to december 26 2004 banda Aceh, indonesia it's the day after christmas in 2004 There is a huge earthquake that hits uh the ring of fire and the people in indonesia go out onto the beach the next morning. And there's no water <gasps> just gone. There's no ocean. And they're like, w- what is this? You know, and you could walk a mile out in, in, into where the water used to be. And there is no water. And, and, you know, in, in that moment, that's kind of like where we are right now as a society. Like that's kind of the way Jeff and I were, were, were framing this, which is if you, if that were to happen to you today, You would go, okay, I know what this means. That water didn't just disappear. It's gone. It's been, it's receded. And then it's coming in in a tsunami. And that of course is exactly what happened in Indonesia. And Mm -hmm. it killed 200,000 people in the process that didn't understand the signs and didn't know what to look for. They didn't know what they were seeing. The animals did.
2: Yeah, they were long gone, I bet.
1: they They instinctively went to high ground. They got themselves out of the way. And the people that had been there a while lived because they got themselves to high ground. And that's kind of where, where Jeff and I were with that book. And we were like, look, basically grab the people next to you and tell them there's not a lot of time to explain why we're going where we're going. You're going to need to trust me. We've got to get to higher ground right now. I'll explain it all to you later you're going to need to trust me. So in, in your scenario where you're at, at the holidays, you know, trying to talk to your family, you just, you, 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 you got to prioritize your own time at this point. You can't save everybody. And, Absolutely. and, and, and it, it does feel like, you know, when, when, like you said, like, Oh, you, you think you're some savior. <laughs> if you know, if you know what I know about this stuff, you would want to save the people close to you too. You, if you knew, if you knew the, what a house of cards, the financial system is and how unbelievably over leveraged and how it is just about to fall down and that all it takes is something completely unrelated. Yemen fires a missile at a boat in the Gulf of Aden, cutting off all cargo traffic through the red sea oil goes to $300 a barrel let's just say yeah that triggers all of these derivative contracts to hit all at once and start paying off with one side being a winner and one side being a loser now if deutsche bank is on any of these losses on any of the side of any of the losses and they will be because they've got a million derivative bets with oh, yeah. with a bunch of other banks they're insolvent. When they go down, they take everybody with them. So here's that. That's kind of my point to this. Like, I don't have time to explain to you where the water went. You're just gonna need to get to higher ground because it doesn't even take the the CEO of Deutsche Bank stealing all the money out of the vault and disappearing to Tahiti. That doesn't need to happen. All that needs to happen is that some completely disconnected other event in another part of the world happens, creates a blockage with cargo, creates an oil price spike, and that sends a cascading effect through the entire market system. And then it takes all it takes, all it needs to do is take one of the big banks down. If it takes yeah, just... Just one of the big banks down, UBS or Deutsche Bank, which are both basically insolvent already, zombie banks, if it just officially takes them down, then all then think of it like this: if your Deutsche Bank and you've bet on, um, you know you bet uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs're uh, you're, you're the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles last year's Super Bowl. and um, and if you've got a winning if you've got a a winning bet, a Super Bowl bet against a guy who's got no money in his pocket, did you really win the bet? <laughs> right. <laughs> Cuz he can't pay you. And that's yeah. kind of the derivatives trades with Deutsche Bank c- comparison which is if you if if you're if you if you want to bet against Deutsche Bank and Deutsche Bank has to give you money they're insolvent then guess what your win is actually a loss and now your loss goes on your books and then that affects all your other bets that you have. So they're all inter, they're all intertwined. There's no way to unwind this whole thing. And so, so as we look at 2024, that's why I can say that I thought this whole thing was going to go down in 2019. We put that book out the tail into 2020. Mm-hmm. Deutsche Bank was in just as bad a shape in 2020 as it is now, maybe even worse. Now. Yeah, I was going to say it could only get worse. Yeah. It, it didn't get any better. I know that. So, so, so you, you, you. That's why the trying to guess the timing is hard because mathematically it should have happened already. But, but right, it's just that fragile, and 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 you start obfuscating, and saying, oh well, we've changed the accounting rules on this, and that they don't have to mark to market all of their bad debts that are sitting on their books because if they did, then all the banks would be insolvent because bond, you know, the bonds that they own are worthless because interest rates have gone. You know, and I it's just to get really technical and kind of like financially. Like kind of like nerdy, boring financial mm. talk. But the problem is that it's like, it's just like that chain of dominoes. You just push one of them right. and the whole thing goes. And, and, and on top of that, surprisingly, it happens quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it happens in a week, not in a, not in a decade. It happens Thursday. You hear rumblings Friday, the banks are closed Long weekend. Oh, Monday, everything will be fine. Monday opens. There's the banks aren't open. Tuesday, they make an announcement. The banks are closed. They've done a bail in to your account and they have regretful news for you, but they have taken your deposits. Right. And the reason why they've taken your deposits is because they're not your deposits. Absolutely. You, you, when you opened your bank account, You, you didn't read the fine print and the fine print is that you are an unsecured creditor of this bank and that the bank actually owns the bank accounts and whatever you put in the bank account, you're putting in your bank's bank account, not yours. And if the bank goes bust, then the bank is in first position. Then the bondholders of the bank are in second position. And then you as an unsecured creditor are in third position. And if you think that the FDIC is going to make you whole because they back all the, Uh, Accounts uh, in in America up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, here's the bad news. First of all, they only have about two percent of all deposits on hand. So, best case scenario is that you're getting two cents on the dollar. Right. But the but the two cents on the dollar that they have for you has all been invested in bonds that are upside down. Right. So
2: So the FDIC
1: is insolvent. The banks are insolvent. The money that you have in your bank account isn't actually your money. They passed they they recently, within the last couple of years, changed the laws and passed banking uh, regulations that that legalized bail-ins. Now we know about bailouts; that's when the the government bails out the banks by handing them money. But right. bail-ins is when they take your money, and they did that in um, they did that in uh, Cyprus in 2014 or 2015 the island in the in the mediterranean and they had a bail in there and they kept about they they shaved about 30% off the top for anybody with accounts over 100,000 euros and they just said you know, we just, we need it because this bank is upside down. And so would you like to have like 70% of your money or would you like to have 0% of your money? Right. So, so again, it's, it's sort of like the Smith Munt modernization act of 2012, which legalized propaganda. I just, I, I just asked the very logical question. Why would they take the extraordinary step of legalizing propaganda to be used in America on Americans if they weren't intending on using some propaganda? Right. That's a logical question. Same applies for the bail-in. Why would they take the extraordinary step of legalizing bail-ins if they weren't going to use it? So this is, again, this is like, I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not going to write quatrains about it. I'm not going to go into a meditative state or anything. I'm just saying, I'm watching what they're doing. And when they legalize criminality, you know they're going to be using it you know that they're going to be doing that so when i see them say oh well, we're going to legalize bail-ins it's easy for me to predict that there will be bail-ins it's just it's harder to say exactly when because right. it might it might it's be just... 2024 might be might be 2028 i don't know who, who knows but but they wouldn't have legalized it if they didn't plan on using it that i'm conf- confident in
2: yeah yeah that that's always the case. I mean it's always snuck in in weird times and stuff like that too, you know. Yeah. Like I think wasn't the Smith Modernization Act like that was like around a holiday or something like that or in the middle of the night or something
1: New like, New Year's Eve. Yeah. T- 2012 2012, yeah. Yeah, and they stuffed <laughs> the, the end of the world, Defense right? <laughs> Authorization Act. Yeah, everyone's like everyone's down at oh, we're going to go to the you, you can Hey, Barack, are you coming to the party? Well, just a second. I've just got to sell out America real quick. I've just got to write this one little thing in here. Make sure to use propaganda against Americans and make it legal. Boom, passed it. Unreal. Done.
2: And it's like, you know, I looked for so long, like, how did uh, um, uh, Americans, like, why were they okay with this? But no one really knew. No one that would have cared knew that it was happening at the time, you know, or
1: at least that's what it seemed like, you know. Right but um it's it's frustrating because <laughs> it's it's there it, it see we're we are at a severe disadvantage mm. because we come at this with with a with a mindset of like we're good people we're nice people we think about other people you know i'm not going i, I hold the door for I hold the door for everybody, but especially yep. like a little old lady, I'll, hold, yep. I'll I'll wait a little extra line as, as she's coming. You know, for me, the idea of enslaving humanity doesn't comprehend. Right, I, I can't, I can't really think about that, and so we, we mistakenly assume that the people in positions of power like we see oh barack obama he seems like a cool guy oh he likes to smoke newports yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like you we make these assumptions oh they're just like us they're not they're not they're they're hardcore sociopaths that that find themselves in places like washington dc because it gives sociopaths whatever they want power money control access to, to, to all kinds of things, right. The things that, that really turn them on. So Mm. we make this assumption that we wouldn't do that. Therefore they wouldn't do that. And that is just such a bad assumption to make. We're all guilty of it. It's classic. Yeah. We all do it. and, And it, and it cripples us because, because, you know, we, we, we just, We don't know to look for something like that buried in the legislation because we wouldn't think to put it in there. So it's not like we're going to go looking for it. And then you find it and you go, these people hate us. They hate our guts. They have no respect for us at all. No, they've established
2: themselves together, whoever they are. Because I mean, you know, there doesn't seem to be too much allegiance there either because they don't really like each other that much. It's almost like they're all in on something, but they you know, they're not exactly their favorite people. You know, it's they're whoever they are, it's, it's weird. It's like, and it sounds mythological and silly, but you could literally write a show about like, oh yeah, all these people. It's like, you ever see that show Lost? Remember that show lost. So it's like the others, you know, Ben Linus and all those weirdos that had been living on the Island forever. The people that show up on the planes are like, Oh my God, these people are, are evil and they're coming to kill us. And it's like, yeah, they have, they're all together. They kind of were in on something a long ago and now they're just with each other. Now they, they don't like each other. I don't know. I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but that's kind of what it feels like. You
1: know, it's just, I've heard it described like this, like they don't need to have a big meeting. I mean, I do have a big meeting, <laughs> yeah. but but they don't need to because they know what's good for them. And, and, mm. and I, you know, I know how I need this legislation to go and I know how I need my business to run. And I know how I needed it. it. And it, as long as they know what's good for them, then they're all kind of on the same team. It's, I've got a lot of money and I want to first, thing is i want to defend it and protect it and then i want to grow it and then i want to grow it in a way that tilts the playing field towards me a little bit more you know what i mean so like you don't have to have the big me it's like a wink wink nod nod thing like hey you know like i just saw that the the stats were released for the stock uh pickings of Congress for this last year, like showing like how their portfolios did. Boy, there's some Nostradamuses in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know I what bet. I mean? <laughs> that, that were like, <laughs> oh, it looks like I made 70% on my stock right. You know, it's like, it's how? How are you doing? Right. You know, is it because you know something the rest of us don't know? So so I've had to I've had to kind of get honest with myself that like do not export my way of thinking onto them, you know, always sort of like remember that these people are, are operating off of different, uh, you know, the different rules, different out different, uh, you know, they, they have different goals than the rest of us. You know, I think we want to like take care of our family and have a great life and be healthy as much as we can. And, and they're on to some different, they're on to totally different things. They're, they're, they don't uh, have the same set of priorities as us. And that makes it very difficult to live in a country with people that don't prioritize the same things that you prioritize, which is, the, I think, one of the reasons why you hear a lot of talk about civil war in 2024, yeah. because it's becoming increasingly obvious that both sides don't want to live with each other. You know, the the red team and the blue team are getting to a point where they're just like, I have nothing in common with you and I want a divorce. And um,
2: it's a shame, too, because honestly, it's like most of these garbs that are put on that are these colors of red and blue. And we're not even just specifically talking political, but of course, a lot of the influence comes from that arena. You know, without those garbs, we are one fucking people and we should be fighting. The invisible they that we can't really yes. point to, but you know, it's, it's so hard at this point, you know, like we, I would love to look forward to 2024 and see more people waking up quote unquote, you know, but at the same time, yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's back and forth, man, you know, I don't know, it seems yeah. like people are getting further and further away from uh, the mark, like we're getting further away from one another rather than closer. And and I find it with myself sometimes getting more frustrated than sympathetic, you know, and yeah, got to remind too. myself a lot.
1: Yeah. And, and, and then that makes me frustrated that I catch myself like, oh, I'm kind of falling into their, their trap, you know, cause I think the, the reality is that if, if the red team and the blue team took time out just for a little bit, and focused on the predator class, you know, the real problem, the the, the group that's that's actually causing all of this. Um, if we sorted that problem out, then the differences that we have between when I, I get the feeling that once we got back to like, all right, now red team and blue team ready to go fight again. Now that we've, I think there'd just be no appetite for it. Be like, you mm. do your thing and you live over there and I do the problem I have with it is, it feels like it's being forced on me. It, yeah. It'd be one thing if it was like, "Oh, you believe there's 117 genders, okay," <laughs> but, but it's like that person teaches your kid, right, at like school. So now all of a sudden, it is your problem. It's like it, you, it's not your fault, but it's your problem to deal yeah. with now and you're like i don't want anything to do with this woke stuff and i'm not interested in it and you morons go do whatever you need to do and yeah like i don't want to cause your...
2: fights i don't want to hate people i don't want to no. like get into altercations or it's
1: all disgusting and uncomfortable for yeah. me to even have to deal with it yeah yeah but then now in some ways they're making it your problem because they're they're mandating certain languages and they're teaching lot, you know, they're they love school to, to get into and teach school and then and film it and put it on libs of TikTok and all this stuff and talk about mm-hmm. how there's like this indoctrination program and pronouns and DEI and all this stuff, and you start you start going I I didn't love it. I never loved it. It was always dumb to me, <laughs> but it was it was you. You guys were doing your dumb thing over there, and it was none of my business, and I didn't really care. I still thought it was stupid, but it's you know I don't have any. I'm not gonna like go on being of my way.
2: weird was okay.
1: You know, used Sorry, to be, Go ahead. <laughs> to be, being weird used to be used to be okay. It used to be that the worst that would happen is uh, you know you would uh, people would like goof on you for like playing Dungeons and Dragons or something. It's like right <laughs> now, like like I win yeah bring back those days. You know, that, that, that was great. Now it's like, now you guys have taken that insanity and you're trying to make it mainstream. And there's a lot of people that are like, this is incompatible with the way I see the world. And now you've made it my problem. And so here I was trying to live my life and not get involved in any of this stuff. And now I have to have the conversation with my 12 year old, about why people are zimzering and all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, I'm going to get called into the principal's office when my kid gets says, you know, my daddy, my daddy said that they're all mentally ill. You know what right. I mean? Then, then, then yeah. I'm going to get the call.
2: And then your kid's going to get it too. Like, you know, you see a lot of stuff out there where like the kid gets personally hurt because these teachers are, 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 Oh, I mean, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's like, you know, you you raise a child to to think, you know, not think, think a certain way, but to value certain things and understand the world a certain way. And then this teacher comes in and, and a lot oftentimes make the makes the kid feel terrible about, yeah. you know, what he has established in his head or her head. You know, it's yeah. it's oh, so crazy, don't man. Gender them. Don't misgender them.
0: It's yeah. yeah. And
2: it's with everything. Like I saw some video of some kid asking Santa Claus for a squirt gun or a Nerf gun. And Santa's like, Oh, no guns. Nope, no guns. And the kid cries and the parents are like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Oh, I don't even (laughs) want to like, I'm fine standing up for my kid, but I don't want to have to even put him in that situation where it's like, yeah, sorry, son. We're learning slowly as you get older into your, you know, adolescent age that the world is completely fucked and hates us. Like it's just like, not, it's so disheartening heartening sometimes, you know,
1: I know. And, and I want to not have, to, you know, th- there's all these like impediments that we didn't have to deal with when we were kids. If, when we were kids, it wasn't like there wasn't social media and there wasn't uh, uh, your cell phone. And, and you, you know, you didn't have to text everybody to tell everyone where you're right. going. You just rode around your neighborhood on your bikes. And if you saw all the bikes piled in front of one guy's house, that's where everyone That's was over we there watching TV or <laughs> playing video games or doing something and you would go over yeah. there and, and that was that it's was a much smaller
2: spectrum of ways to judge others judge others, judge the world and judge yourself, you know, yeah. especially the
1: lack of social media and all that. Yeah. And 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 if you said something stupid in social media, there's no repercussions. If you say something stupid around all your friends, They'll beat you up, or they'll <laughs> give you a hard time, or they'll call you names, call or they'll you make it. You, you know, there's a there's a there's a way of like, of of like sorting this whole thing out. Your insane ideas get sort of run through the filter of all your friends going, "Dude, that's dumb. Don't ever say that again." And you're like, "Okay, okay, okay." okay. So so there's a checks and balance system that that we had when when we were growing up, that um that feels like it's missing now, and yeah. and so I've I'm boy i'll tell you i'm not it's not even necessarily like a 2024 prediction or feeling or anything it's just just the next generation mm. i worry about like what they're losing you know the yeah. stuff that we had the connections that we had to each other um everything's so different now. i know i sound like an old guy like stay off my lawn you know i feel <laughs> I like, too, I feel like yeah. but it's like the like minor things that mean nothing like the joy of putting on a cassette or an album or a, or even a CD, whatever, starting at the first song and listening all the way through to the end of the album, right? Yeah. And now everything is like one song at a time, piecemealed to you. You know what I mean? Like you can buy just a song and it doesn't have the context of the album in it. You know what I mean? And so it's like all of these things I notice. That they've changed, and I guess they're always changing, right? It changed mm-hmm. for our generation from the generation before, and and I guess it's it's just the way of the world. But I do feel like, oh, you guys are going to miss out on some things. You know, you're going to miss oh, out yeah. on some cool shit that that it, it, you went and got yourself in a huge technological hurry, and you and you missed. You know, I saw the picture. You might have seen it too. It was like some concert for like New Year's Eve, and it was a picture of from the audience taken towards the stage and it's just all you can see is everybody's got their cell phone up right taking the same picture at the That's same time it so is. it's like a picture of like a million people holding cell phones up and you're like is this what we've become uh, man it feels it, very
2: it, you know it it's it does go from generation to generation right like you said but at the same time if if i ask my father how his father felt about the world around the it, it's we're we're living at a time right now where we're going through some sort of fourth industrial revolution, whether we like to to phrase it that way or not. So leading up to this, it probably did feel kind of a little bit similar for the most part from generation to generation. And I, we luckily have one foot in that older world. And, you know, this has probably happened so many times on so many different scales throughout history. Um, But this is definitely one of those times, for sure. It's undeniable. And how, like you said, how long is it going to take? Where's the crest? Where, like, we don't really know. But every moment kind of feels like the next final moment in in a way, you know, like, it's coming anytime now. The Epstein list now, right? There's a new, there's new information about the end. We got half the people out there saying, well, whatever comes out is going to obviously be fake, and then the other half going, we got to find, we got to sort through it and see what we can get. And man, it's just oh, it's so much convoluted nonsense.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is frustrating to um, to live in this world. I tried to to the best I can to laugh at the absurdity of it all. Cause it's yeah. pretty funny too. There's some, there's some crazy things going on. I mean, we, we, do you ever think that we would have a vice president of the United States? I mean, they were always sort of d- disparaged, uh, you know, kind of looked down upon, but Kamala Harris is describing time and space and electric yellow school buses in these press conferences to adults she, on, on different, on three different occasions. One, she was, she got off on a tangent and started talking about time And, and you listen to it and you just go, I feel like I'm on drugs. I feel like I'm on acid and someone is like, let's, let's have, let's have a good time with this guy. Let's introduce the, you know, it's like idiocracy president Mountain Dew Camacho is is about to come out, you know, and, and start, start shooting his gun up into the ceiling of Congress. And, and, and the, and the, the worst part about this whole thing, Is that if that happened tomorrow, I wouldn't be as surprised as I, as I would like to be. No, you got Kid Rock or
2: The Rock both have thought about running. And it's
1: like, this is
2: so close to President Camacho. We're going to be, we're going to be drinking Brondo. What plants crave like
1: tomorrow. You know, it's happening. If If somebody came, if somebody said, I am from the future and, and they said in 10 years, the rock is going to be the president of the United States. I wouldn't be that surprised. Like, all right, thank you. Thank you for that tip. I'll put my money on that. (laughs) Like, Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, I can already look back at like, if somebody told me in 2020, when I was leaving in Narcopulco, that in three weeks, the world would be turned upside down uh, uh, because of a virus. And that Berwick and I would have to rewrite the whole uh, second half of the book yeah. to include COVID and that the people would be standing on dots six feet apart, six feet from the person in front and going one direction down the lines of, of aisles of a grocery store, because there's duct tape that tells them to do that. You would have fitted me for a straight jacket and, a, you know, immediately, and you would have right. been right to. Yeah. Exactly, so so like four, that's a four year window right there. So when I look at like 2024, you know, what is it? What, Agenda 2030, there's another good benchmark. Right. Well, what's the world going to look like in, in 2030? Well, first of all, unfortunately, Gavin Newsom will have been the president of the United States for the last two years. Oh, God. So I think about something like that and I go, well, <laughs> and, and, and if you don't have like a little bit of a sense of humor, you you're you're gonna you're gonna miss the 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 beauty of president camacho right yeah i mean you're gonna miss you're gonna miss that there's there's gonna be so much (laughs) there's gonna be so much like as a writer for me, it's like an embarrassment of riches, what's going on right now. I almost don't know where to start. There's so much to talk about. There's so much insanity. People might go an entire decade without anything good to really talk about in their country. And look at what we've done in just the last three years. It's that,
2: that reminds me, I wanted to bring something up that you had said on the show. And it really like, it gave me chills, honestly, because I think you and I had our same kind of awakening was nine 11. And like, it took me, few years after 911 to yeah. really question anything I mean I didn't really yeah. trust the government at the time anyway as like a 16 year old but still it took a few years till I was a little bit more mature and I had a little bit more of an eye for the world and then it was like, oh my god um, but then you know how many of my friends didn't figure it out for 10 more years or five more years at least and started to come around and at this point in the game, we look back at 911, and it's like, it, it's not, not to say it's accepted by the majority, but my God, it's, it's at least a meme to the majority. Like, it's not some conspiracy to yell at anybody about, you know, no. like when you bring up COVID, you're going to get yelled at by someone who, who believes in it and all that. Yes. Same thing back then with nine eleven. my teacher would cry and don't, oh, no one can say anything, you know. Yeah. That has gone away for the most part because everyone's like, hey, I know there's a lot that looks really weird about it. I can't deny that. Eventually, it kind of gave me hope when you said this. It's like, it's gonna be kind of like a mirror image here. Like the more time passes, the more people are going to catch on and start seeing it. You know, uh it's it's kind of an inevitability. Whether that part's intentional, part of the collapse my god i don't know
1: (laughs) well think about it like this since we brought up 9 11 and since we talked about the radio show tomorrow i've got richard gage on
2: oh that's gonna be epic
1: richard gage and i have have uh um have he and i are connected Mm. to to one another in just such a funny way i i i'll tell you the story and the reason why I, i bring this up is because Richard Gage is now known as one of the industry leaders on in 9-11 Truth uh, from, a, from an engineering standpoint. He started yeah. Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He wound up leaving that and doing his, his own thing. Um, Richard Gage didn't know that 9-11 was an inside job for six years until after it. it t- 2007 is when he woke up to this. Mm-hmm. And he was an engineer who should have known better, but couldn't see it. So if, if he can do it and he's a guy that spent 30 years as an architect and engineer in the Bay area and had a lot to lose and, and he, but he, he, he couldn't deny it anymore. If, if, if it took him a couple of years after the event for the light bulb to go on, then we should just expect that as well with this COVID era for people that there may be some people some person six years from now that the light bulb goes off and they go, Oh my God. And they, and they wind up being able to explain it to people better than anybody else could. Right. I'm always, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. And and because they came at it from a different angle, I have to tell you the, the Richard Gage, uh, yeah, please. My connections with him are wild because, um, I I get invited to a wedding in Washington, in the state of Washington. I don't know anybody at the wedding uh, except the the bride and groom. And and I go by myself because my wife can't make it. So I fly to Spokane, stay there, go to this wedding. I get seated at the wedding next to Richard Gage. And I go, you're in my book. And he's like, what? I said, you're 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 in my my book that i wrote uh a couple years ago and he was like how so i said there's a chapter called architects and engineers for 9-11 truth that's the name of the organization What a great opening (laughs) and he's like what poor guy man he couldn't get away from me because we were because we were seated next to each other at this wedding that's hilarious I for two hours man and I asked him every question and you know I asked him every everything I could get you know I what are the chances you get seated at a wedding next to a guy you wrote an entire chapter about
2: that's so awesome and, dude. and
1: so I start talking to him about I said you need to speak at a an norcapulco and he's like yeah for sure I said I'll talk to Berwick like and so I emailed him I'm like have you ever considered having Richard Gage speak he's like Oh, that's a really good idea. No, I haven't even thought about it, but that's a really good idea. We should do it. Do you know him? I'm like, yeah, I just saw him at a wedding. So then a couple of months later, there we are in Mexico at an Arcapulco. He's speaking. I'm speaking. He's speaking in front of 3000 people. They give him a standing ovation. You know what I that's mean? Awesome. I am like, this is, this is all kind of happening because we're, I don't know. We're just going with the flow. And then, and then um, this year in well I guess technically last year 2023 uh, September 11th I see him again New York City this time for um, an event that we're speaking at about 9-11 and and I had the opportunity th- during that weekend to go down to ground zero uh, wow. on Friday night like one o'clock well, I had dinner down there with Tony Arterburn from Wise Wolf Gold and Silver and Billy Ray Valentine, who uh, oh. does uh, America Unplugged and Infinite mm-hmm. French and and Billy Ray and Tony were putting on this event in New York, this 9/11 event, and so we were all we went down to Wall Street and had dinner that Friday night. Billy Ray is from the Bronx, and so he said, "Do you want me to give you a tour of the area?" And we're like, "Yes, please, Hell yeah!" So we walked around Lower Manhattan with Billy Ray Valentine, like till like. 1 30 in the morning he would say planes came in from this direction here this is the way this building one was here building two is here building sevens back there when you see it come down you're seeing it from this angle so we're walking around i mean we look like we're casing the joint you know <laughs> we're like walking around taking pictures and everything but but that was um that was a real treat for me to be down there with those guys and to, and to see Richard Gage's promotion. So again, I'm going to talk to Richard tomorrow.
2: That's awesome. And
1: uh, and, and, uh, and he just always reminds me that you you don't have to be the first person to figure it out. You know, there's no race. And people come to this information when they come to it and with regard to nine 11 and, and, and whether it's COVID or, or the next thing. Yeah you'll you'll get you'll wake up to it when you wake up to it you know it's kind of I mean? like you, seeing
2: that picture in a picture we got to stare at it for a while and finally no. oh
1: it's a schooner
2: and then you once <laughs> you see it you can always see it absolutely you but see the somebody pattern. can be
1: standing right next to you looking at it and they go i don't see it and and that it's funny because i'm going to start um i've been working on another book
2: and well, i was gonna ask uh, you
1: nice yeah. and But now it's like it's really kind of tough with the, the new TNT schedule. But, but the yeah. new book, I already know it's starting with a quote from uh, Leonardo da Vinci. It said that says there are three types of people, those who see, those who see when shown, those who do not see. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to be shown. Absolutely. And that's cool. Hey, That's we got... totally cool. Yeah, you know, it's, there's it's no it's not a contest. There's nobody like I was here first. I'm a I'm a better truther than you. There's, there's nobody's keeping score. There's no grades, right? Just when you find this information, you know, do do the best you can to try to make sure it's high quality and And get as much information as you can from all, you know, from from as many different sources as you can, and you know, and have a broad media diet, not not mainstream media, but you know, alternative media, and listen to a bunch of different people. and always give yourself the flexibility to change your mind if you're Absolutely. presented with better information that contradicts what you believed before. I mean, there's nothing worse than being like married to some stupid idea that right. you thought you were right about in your early thirties. And then you got a little bit older and you said, Oh, I couldn't see it. And I couldn't see the scam. Yeah. Be now your own debunker, it. be your own debunker, like 24 yeah. seven, at least,
2: especially and particularly, we're talking to people that actively like to do this kind of research. You gotta be your own debunker. Cause yeah. you know, something I came on to talk on your show about recently was uh Lawrence Gardner's work and Nicholas Devere and how they're talking about all these ancient bloodlines and everything. Right. Now, a lot of that information that I said on your show, I would still you know stake a claim on and, and I'm with it and I'm following threads, but new information is always valid and you always have to second guess, you not second guess, but really accept that you don't have the whole story ever, really, <laughs> at this stage in the game, we don't have it. And uh, yeah, I recently just found out that Lawrence Gardner, after writing all those books, was invited by the Windsors into their uh, antiquaries, uh, you know, legacy group of writers and things like that. He's adorned this way, that way, and every which way you can be adorned by the royals. And so I'm now looking at it from a couple different angles, and I'm getting a couple people involved that are familiar with Box Saga and We're going, okay, if this was happening in Sweden and Finland and, and this area at this exact time and gardeners writing about this going on in England, what's going, what's happening here? Is there a dialectic? Is there some sort of, uh, you know, red herring that's being sold? So, you know, this is kind of what you have to do. You've
1: got to, you, you've got, you've got to, um, I'm looking for this quote in this in my octopus book. It's I'm not going to be able to find it. Filled with excellent. Oh words. no! Here By it is. Here <laughs> it is. I've got it. I've got it. Um, nice. Because you mentioned a piece of the puzzle. This is from Stephen Bassett, executive director, of Paradigm Research Group. They mostly they're like UFO guys. He's a UFO mm-hmm. guy, but anyway, this I thought this was appropriate. He said, "Imagine if the truth." was a huge jigsaw puzzle, a big box with 20,000 pieces, and it is the truth, the absolute truth. It is a picture of the world as it really is. You come into the world, you get an education, you're handed this box, and you and the idea is to put all the pieces together. And you put and if you put the pieces together on this huge table, it will be the truth about the world that you live in. So you set about to do that all good, a wonderful thing, except there is a problem. It turns out that the government that you are living under has made a decision to interfere with this truth process. It's a political decision being made for political reasons to serve the state, almost never the citizens. So The government has taken a whole bunch of those pieces out of your box and has thrown them away. They're missing. Well, that's a problem, but it gets worse. They've grabbed a bunch of pieces from another box, another puzzle, and have thrown them into your box, to your puzzle. And now you have to put this thing together with an idea that what you are going to find is the truth. That is an almost impossible situation, and it is extremely effective to serve the state. That is
2: brilliant, and I've, i i think you said that the like the time before the last time I came on your show.
1: That that it's quote my is favorite quote powerful. The book. It's, it's so my favorite powerful. quote in the book because you.
2: Because
1: he's right, of course, we make this assumption that we're working with all the pieces.
2: Yeah, man. And people come, they, they stake their flags in certain places. They die on certain hills. Yeah, I run yeah. into that very, like when it comes to, it doesn't matter if you're talking politics, economics, or you're talking ancient history, people like that will be there to like, just jump to grand conclusions one way or the other. And it's, it's a really delicate business to sift through everything. Again, we're still missing things. So you have to admit to yourself, you're probably not going to get to the end of this. You're going to get close and someone else has to come in and see it from another angle. And we got to
1: just continue that. And and, and since we were just talking about 9-11, I even Mm. had to do, I I have to mention this because in trying to understand that event from every angle that you can, you know what I mean? And there's, there's so many, there's so many different aspects to it. It's hard to, you know, it's, it's impossible to know it all, but it's, it's right. just, it's, you just have to kind of know where to prioritize. I even found myself getting interested in watching the videos of the guys that were the remote viewers that remote viewed the event mm-hmm. and watch what they were doing. And how they were describing this event that, that they didn't know was 9 11. I mean, when they right. were remote viewing it, they're given coordinates, but they're, and, and I know that people can can kind of discount that stuff and say, oh, it's Farsight Institute or it's SRI and that's like CIA connected. 100% for sure. Yes. Right, right, right. All agreed. <laughs> but, you, it, please explain to me how Ingo Swan knew that there was a ring around Jupiter. I don't know. So, so, so there's, there's, there's this side to it as well. It's like, I'll look at the remote viewers mm-hmm. looking at 9-11 too, because you know, because like, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to look at it, all the evidence, right? Even if it's a little unusual like that. And, and what if they see something that I don't see? I'll tell you what I, I can give you sort of the answer to the test on that one. They drew. Have you ever watched them do remote viewing sessions? Oh, yeah, it's like, collect- yeah, and I'm not um,
2: sure if this the nine eleven thing was the Farsight Institute, but I've seen a lot of their videos and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: I know yeah where it's- they're they're drawing on a on an a dry erase board and everything. This dude is drawing. He's drawing. Um, It's Dick Allgaier, who's the guy who's who's remote viewing it. And he's drawing this person's face who's in charge of this mission that's going on in an underground bunker for 9-11. And you're watching him drawing it and you're looking at it. You're going, he's drawing Donald Rumsfeld. He's drawing Donald Rumsfeld. And he gets done and he looks at it and he goes, huh? (laughs) He just kind of (sighs) looks at it. He's like. Like, I know like you could almost tell, like. Oh shit. I know who I just I just drew Donald Rumsfeld. It was the glasses and the the I don't know how I don't I'm not an artist but with dry erase which is you can't pretty do crazy, much, right? something and I'm looking at it going that's Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, and shit. I'm watching him and I'm watching when he recognizes that he just drew Donald Rumsfeld cuz he just goes, "Huh." <laughs> and, and, and so it's like is, is that going to hold up in court? Me dragging not. my remote <laughs> viewing evidence? Not, of course not. <laughs> not yet anyway. You'd get, you'd get laughed out, but it's like. And didn't they
2: draw, the, I think we're talking, we might be talking about the same thing. because like Dick I, Iger or whatever his name is. He's like a very famous remote viewer. And uh, I think a,
1: he was a news anchor. That's in right. Hawaii yeah and, and who got into remote viewing and he's uh yeah and he and he was with the farsight institute with Dave smith in in london and they would mm-hmm. do these things but then they kind of broke off and did their their own stuff and whoever it was i i think it was back when those guys were at farsight mm-hmm. where they were doing the whole thing and courtney brown said i told these guys for 10 years straight we're never doing 9-11 why? I'm just never Why gonna have Courtney, me. and and he said in and, and and as he got like. You know, 15 years into this ban on 9/11, he had this this epiphany. You know, they'd never see it coming. That's true, and it's probably been they enough time at that point. Do it yeah and i have no reason to d- and so all of a sudden he slipped him in the coordinates and it was 9-11 and did seven different scenes and got right. crazy shit he yeah, got one of them was building rigging pillars okay yeah 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 a, a, t- a, a squadron of eight guys that were in a group that were moving quick and were rigging pillars with plastic explosives
2: there was another one that was like someone using a remote control for like an aircraft and feeling really horrible about it or something there was like a, that a
1: pilot that the they were drawing like a pilot who was like had his hands up like the controllers are there but like i can't control them
2: oh yeah that's nuts yeah and courtney brown's an interesting character for sure because uh you've have you ever heard about uh how they um There was some remote viewing prediction that they had made about the Hale-Bopp comet, and Mm -hmm. after Courtney's claims went kind of viral in in the non-internet world at that time, but you know, viral in the alternative community back then heaven's gate started getting bigger and more put together and they started forming their belief structure right around the same exact time. So wow. I think Courtney was even questioned to some degree at some point about him popularizing this idea about a mothership being behind the Hale bop comet. And then so these funny. fuckers cut their dicks off and killed themselves to go there.
1: You know, like I, I've yeah. asked Courtney Brown to come on the show before he really, <laughs> He was nice. He declined, but he was uh, he was nice about it. He's but interesting. I don't I know. I want to I want to talk to the the remote viewing guys. I don't you know. Tell me explain to me how it all works,
2: dude. You so, could probably get some real interest. Like with your pull, you could probably get uh, the the guy that thinks he's uh Edward Casey reincarnated. Oh, <laughs> What's David Wilcock. David Wilcock, man. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I could ever interview that guy. I don't think you could because we'd have oh, no. to sit there and pretend we believe everything he's no. saying. And that'd be rough. I, I know these
1: <laughs> I know these guys um, in Dallas that have a podcast called Hidden in Plain Sight and um, they are responsible for breaking up David Wilcox's marriage. Holy they, crap. They they, 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 they fucked with him so bad on the live streams uh, about him yelling at his wife for not doing the lighting correctly, that they're like, we think we broke up his marriage. We're That's pretty sure. Awesome. And, and they will, they'll take his videos and then play them and talk over them. The two guys, it is so funny. Um, one of the guys is Alex Stein's producer over okay. plays. And these two guys are just they're just like two stoners. Yeah. yeah. And uh that's awesome they that they feel that really way too. Podcast. But they they have broken David Wilcock. They have claimed responsibility <laughs> for ending his marriage and and putting him uh getting him into a mental state where he's like talking to the squirrels. I think I need to talk to these gentlemen. <laughs> these guys <laughs> are sound blast, like heroes. <laughs> it, they're so it their show is so goddamn funny. It's I good to them, hear I, that. I, said, so, I have like I have i said i'm a bit of a retarded talent scout and i feel like i've found a diamond in the rough with you guys Fuck yeah! <laughs> i had him on macroaggressions they were fucking hysterical oh. one of the guys doesn't even remember doing the interview he was so <sighs> flotted out he had to go to rehab um i'm gonna have to go back for, and check that for, out for, for like benzos or something it's but, good
2: um, it's good to to like hear that more people in the alternative community feel that way towards someone like Will Cox because I yeah. I get in these lonely I'm on a lonely island somewhere thinking I'm the only one that feels this way because I see so much acceptance of new age slash UAP UFO like yeah. the 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 combination that's happening around those kind of groups of people I see a lot of. Just blind faith in there. So it's good to hear that a lot of people, a lot more people than I think, I think feel that I way. Think, <laughs>
1: uh, I think, I, but I think people, I, I, these is at least as far as these guys are concerned. There's no hatred. They don't. No, hate no, it. no, no. They're just. They just. They're just trolls. But they're just okay, fucking that's fair because too. he deserves to be fucked with you know what i mean like yeah, a guy you can't that, say that, that's, that's you're
2: like, the reincarnation of Edward. guy I think i'm the
1: reincarnation you should probably give me money you, you yeah, can't say that you, around you, people you, like you trolls. can't do that without without expecting to be put in the proverbial <laughs> stuffed in the locker you know what that's, i mean that's why you, that's guy, all like, it is these guys aren't yeah. these guys aren't actually like trying oh to, they trying sound to awesome you. though But it, but there's, but then, you know, there's the Corey, Corey goods of the world who have to go out on the, uh, you know, that wind up in depositions and and have to admit that they made up the whole thing. And it's like, yeah, we know. Thank you. (laughs) We know you made up the whole thing. But now everyone that copied from you,
2: everyone that copied from you is
1: really upset now. They're
2: they're pissed.
1: (laughs) We're very embarrassed. We were never phrasing it as like a question. We were a statement you're full of shit period end of story uh and in but there's a there's there's a there's like a a little cottage industry there to the yeah. stars academy you know these these like um made to you know they get a disproportionate amount of of viewership or, or, you know, who they are all of a sudden, you know how hard it is yeah. to grow an audience Yeah, man. a show.
2: It's with some hard hitting topics right. and great guests like you too. It, it's, that's not what it, there's some
1: help going when on you, somewhere. When yeah. your audience just automatically starts off big or you have just a, an increase of exposure, right? You, things go your way a little too easily. That to me is it. It's not, it's not hate or, or envy or anything like that. It's suspicion. Right. Absolutely. Oh straight yeah. Up, plain I'm on. not saying, Oh, you're growing faster than me. So I hate you. And that's why I'm on the hater. No, 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 no. If you found a way to do it, please, by all means, go for it. As long as right. you're being authentic, but if you're being propped up by the intelligence agencies, and when you're to the stars Academy and you have 100 years of cia experience on your board of directors that's automatic disqualification you know what i mean so like there is a there there is a the people in the alternative media be they content creators or consumers of the of the content have a responsibility to call bullshit when you see it okay when you see something as obvious as this cia operation with Lou Elizondo and and Jim Semivan and uh, Tom DeLong and and you just look at this and you go, are you fucking kidding me right now with this? Really? Yeah, it's so unfortunate that most of the main community
2: in there, like, you, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, the 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 consumers, like you said. They're not looking at this alien topic from where you and I come from, where we're kind of like using the the trivium and we're seeing this problem everywhere in society. So they don't see a problem with those CIA let the three letters yeah. afterwards. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Charlie. Yeah, You're well,
1: <laughs> they, they, it, it's, it's like, that's, that's, your responsibility as a consumer of this information is you need to make sure that the people that you're listening to aren't completely manufactured, uh, intelligence assets. Yeah. Like, like these guys, like Jim Semivan on the board of, to the stars Academy sits in a position that is like the board of directors of the CIA. And he's been there for 25 years. Right. The fact that you, that anybody, so whether it's to the Stars Academy or you've or you've just got yourself a new computer for Christmas and it has pre-installed NewsGuard on it, right? And you go, oh, NewsGuard, this is great, and then you find out all the people that sit on the board of directors of NewsGuard are all guys that are just like this, like CIA assets, and you start. You're going to have to do take some responsibility for making sure that you're not listening to people that are not even trying to hide the fact that they're coming out of intelligence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like trying the, the, to turn the corner and, and get part people of to... Lou Elizondo's um, origin story mm-hmm. is that he's like a rogue CIA. Agent. Yeah. I'm the bad boy. CIA wants to silence me. Oh, <laughs> dude. Thank you for shut that. Up. Yeah,
2: dude. <laughs> <It's so laughs> preposterous and dumb. Yeah, But
1: but so we collectively have to all kind of raise our awareness and and raise our standards and say, no, no, sorry, you guys are going to have to do better than this, than the CIA guys to give us information about alien disclosures that that's automatically out next, you know, and then start start working our way through this because there's a lot of information that i want i want to know about this stuff i'm i'm really fascinated about what the hell is going on in our skies you know yeah and and is this interdimensional i'm open for this i'm ready for the conversation Mm. you know what i mean but they're hiding something
2: something's being they're hiding something
1: and and of course i'm i'm super anti-government guy i'm so i'm going to be hosting and emceeing in Arcapulco this year. I mean, you yeah. have to be <laughs> kind of anti-government to, to have that gig. And, and, but I recognize that the government would be in a position to know more than us. So I am actually willing to make an allowance and listen to what the government has to say. I'm not saying I'm going to believe it, but I would like to get them on the record talking about what is going on with this stuff. But it's really hard to take any of it seriously when you feel like you're not even starting from a position of any sort of, sort of trust at all. When the guys delivering you the message are all from the CIA, right? Well, we're, we we've been bad for a long
2: time, and there those are the old <laughs> is, those are the old ways, and we're turning over yeah. a new leaf. These are all Lou Alzando's type words that, like, well, yeah. and and it sucks because it, it it definitely worked. You know, there was a time where. I think the ufo community was more aligned with what you'd call the conspiracy theory community there was almost no difference you know you you look back at the movie signs they're wearing tinfoil hats to block their brains from getting read by aliens like that's kind of like the origin of yeah that so it's weird how separated it's actually become you know it's well what do you think the role
1: i wonder how how you see this as hmm. as the because there's a lot of money in aliens now oh yeah you know what i mean everywhere it's like there hollywood loves this stuff and so now the financial incentive is in there to talk about it because now it's a time for whatever reason now you're allowed to talk about it and not get laughed out of the room right so it's like holy shit our day has finally come you know all the ufo people now's your time to shine but now there's kind of money floating around in there. And how does that impact stuff? Like how, how, I mean, we, everybody has to pay their bills. Right. But where's that line? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like
2: the, I never, I don't often think about the financial part of it, other than the fact that people are absolutely going to take advantage of that. Like, you know, you have that guy, Fox, James Fox, and he's a good director. He makes well done cool documentaries about aliens and stuff, but you know, Ten years ago, we would not have seen him being taken seriously on the magnitude that we are now, or Stephen Greer, or anything. So the, the the financial incentive is there to make tons of money, but that's all. It almost does seem like a byproduct or or a happy secondary outcome to the primary one, which is probably way above all those people making the money you know like hey do you want to get rich do you want to become a you know we'll give you all the interviews you want to make your documentary it's going to be awesome we know all the inside info we're the good guys but meanwhile it's really not about the money being made it's about framing the situation in the way that they want it framed, basically. And I'm not disbelieving in aliens. I, I I often say that the only aliens I don't believe in are the ones that the government's selling now or mm-hmm. the, the ancient aliens and all that stuff that's already written into our mythology. But I'm still open-minded to it. And I know that something weird is, you know, consciousness in the universe is fucking weird. And we haven't figured that out. So it's like, if we don't know fully about those things and we're presuming to know what they might be hiding behind closed doors it's it's just too much you know
1: yeah yeah it's way too much I but, had a, um, did, did i did i tell you i had a about my dmt experience in acapulco i feel
2: like you might have but let's oh. remind the audience because that was on your show if anything <laughs> yeah
1: I i i i had um the first time I went down there in 2019, I got partnered up with this dude at a at a DMT ceremony. And the nice. shaman just said, "You and you are partners," and you go off over there. And I'm and I said, "What's your what's your name?" And he said, uh, "Johnny Dollar." And I said, "What do you do?" And he said, "I'm a, a crypto anarchist artist." And I go, "What kind of art do you do?" And he said. I'm a post-pop surrealist. I go, what the fuck did that mean? And he says, I got a painting of uh, Mickey Mouse holding a gas canister with the Bitcoin logo on it. And he's just lit a central bank on fire. And I was like, nice. I think you and I will be friends, (laughs) you know? So he was my DMT partner in 2019. Uh, We stay in touch, right? We We had a really crazy, like the session that they did there was like, Kind, they blow up your nose and everything oh and it's okay like 30 40 minute session you know it's kind of longer than the smokable kind mm-hmm. so 2020 i see him that's the following year i see him at an arcapulco again and then this last year 2023 um back in in february i i was there again but i didn't know if i was going to see him and um i wound up and i didn't see him actually the first day i didn't see him anywhere Uh, i wound up at the ron paul dinner and after we got done at the ron paul dinner everyone's i said where's everyone going they said well they're going to max egan's bar called the crow house which is right down the street in in uh acapulco that's cool i know he had his own bar (laughs) beach area yeah he bought this bar right i gotta talk to that guy I just had I just interviewed him uh, on Saturday. That's <laughs> cool. Awesome. He's 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 a cool ass guy. Mm-hmm. So um, I go and um, I, I'm I'm leaving this place and I'm just following the music and I'm just wand- wandering wandering. I get closer and closer. I come around the corner. The very first person I see is Johnny Dollar standing right there. I go, "What the fuck are you doing?" He says, "I live here." <laughs> I go at the bar and he's like. Well, yeah, I like above it, and I was like, "Whoa, good to see you!" And so we 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 caught up, and we hadn't talked in like a year, and um, and he said, uh, "And we're always we're connected by our DMT experience." Mm. And he said, uh, "Hey, I know you've always wanted to do the smokable kind. I've got some. I've got vape, uh, a vape DMT vape thing." I was like, really? He's like, yes. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm down. What What do you propose? And he said, uh, so the, the conference is Monday through Friday. He says, Friday night, seven o'clock, meet me right here at the bar. We'll watch the sun go down and then we'll go, we'll stay on the beach with beach towels uh, and it'll get dark real fast, he says, and we'll just we'll just do it there on the beach. Nice. And I was like, okay, cool. So we you know we have have crazy week, but I've got that in in my mind, right? So <laughs> yeah. that Friday night comes. And um we went down to the beach, and it was there's nobody around, and. Uh, and if he, you know, he was since I had done it with him before, I felt very comfortable. And so he kind of, and he had done this particular smokable kind, uh, plenty of times before. So he, I allowed him to kind of lead me down this path. And so the first one, you kind of, you know, kind of go easy, We're just going to do like two hits or anything, and and you get this very distinct, very unusual feeling, yeah. <laughs> very geometric shapes and everything and and we we did so we would do it and then chill out and talk for like 20 minutes and then do it again and then talk and then, and, and so the f- fifth and final session of the night he said okay we've been building up to this the whole night right you know just kind of like doing a little bit more a little bit more and and I'm following his lead he's now on this one you're going to hit that thing as much as you can And then I'm going to just take it out of your mouth. He says, I want you to get to the point where you can't even make your hands work. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're brave, Charlie. (laughs) But but I don't want you to sit. I don't want you to lay down. Instead, stay, stay kind of like, you know, on your butt, you know, like I was kind of hunched over. And I want you to keep your eyes open. And I want you to tell me what you see. And I was like, okay. And so we did that and I sat there and because there was a full moon, I could see the waves and I could see, um, and, and, and as I was hitting that, I was just watching the waves and hitting it and hitting it. And I watched those waves come in and I knew when it hit me, because all of a sudden I saw the waves just freeze. Everything My. just completely stopped. And the contrast of everything lit up in a very fine, light blue, neon, laser-ish, checkerboarded mesh grid that, I know that, that grid. just overlaid everything. And I looked up, and I could see the stars. I could see... A, I could see a billion stars and it felt like they were moving out of the way, but I could always see this very faint, almost like if you had um, a pad of paper that's uh, like, just like a a grid, you know, Mm -hmm. perfect squared grid. And I was looking around and I just, it was undeniable. I felt like I, you know, like a CAD program where yeah. you've got the layering and you're at just like the grid layer, but it's not so overwhelming that I, I couldn't see anything else around it. I, it's just a very faint line. It went all the way through the sand and the beach, all the way through the water, as far back as I could see in the horizon, all the way up above me through the star. It looked like it was behind the
2: stars. Was it kind of like translucent? There was like it was almost like a netting or a webbing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Indra's yes. web. I've I yes. remember hearing about Indra's web, and I was like, "That's it." <laughs> I
1: I got <laughs> the thing is that because it's it's because it was Johnny Dollar, and and we I have this very unusual but fantastic relationship with him when i got done i just looked over at him and he had this big smile on his face and he said did you see it and i said the grid and he goes yeah i said yeah i saw it he i said how did you know he said he said i knew that you i knew that you'd want to see it and i was Mm. like fuck yeah i want to see it holy shit. He's like, yeah, holy shit is right. That's And we're trying to explain to each other. We're trying to talk about like, so what is this? Are we in some sort of simulation? Are we seeing like the outer parameters of of this? Are we seeing the math behind it? Are we like, are we seeing something we're not supposed to see? Are we in an enclosed system? I'm fine. If again, I don't have any energy one way or the other. Right. Just, but let me know what i'm working with here i'd like to just know how it all works so it felt it felt very much like 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 a simulation
2: yeah it's hard i don't than know
1: even really how i feel about that i don't know if that makes me feel better or worse about things i haven't really decided yet maybe that'll be something that like I'll figure out as I as I go through this process, but like it just that that's that was how I felt about it. Like I feel like I got to see the inner framework of the universe and I don't and I wish I was paying attention in math class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know? Dude, that was the closest description explanation i've ever heard anyone give me to like my own freaking experience like the i the grid it's not just me i've heard other people talk about it too but the way you put it into words was like verbatim how i've had to try to describe it over the years i would add to it that it felt as if it it or it was it was amazing how it didn't matter what? How many dimensions it had to deal with, or how many moving objects it had to deal with, or even me, my car, what, whatever was going on, it all somehow fit perfectly into that grid, and yeah. it almost doesn't even make sense to say. You
1: know? I, no, and of but course it, we run to the Matrix. Of course, it's like the closest thing you can think of, you know. And, yeah, and you start to you start to go. Well, I mean, if I were writing a science fiction movie right i'd pull from that you know what i mean and <laughs> oh and yeah and then you'd see it in, in hollywood and someone would say oh there's predictive programming it'd be like well no it's actually just this shit happened well, that's the thing happen. yeah i always like, had did, that problem did the matrix the the brothers, sisters <laughs> brothers uh did they ever speak openly about dmt Nothing I could find. Cause you, you got me, man.
2: Like I went through every movie I had ever seen after psychedelics and I was like, and keep in mind, I saw the grid on very, very, very heavy dose of psilocybin mushrooms, not DMT, but DMT and psilocybin are like one carbon atom apart from each other. Like that they're the closest psychedelic. I never saw any grids on acid. I saw lots of snakes for some reason, but uh, (laughs) yeah, no grid, but, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, I went through every movie uh, I could imagine, like, and I remember talking to a good friend of mine uh, later on in life about not just movies, but also certain lyrics. And he's like, well, you know, anyone who's kind of at that level and allowed to produce the art that the world is, is given is pretty much initiated into the mysteries for the most part, not even like a conspiracy statement here, just kind of like in general, They've probably all experienced psychedelics, meditation, you know, oh, yeah. all these, all these different, they're initiated into it. Same with musicians. You know, I yeah. used to read tool lyrics going, how do they know this? It's like, well, <laughs> look at the fucking 33 on, on his Jersey all the time. You know, they're, they know it. They're part of this. It's not really a secret, but it's a secret, which is really fucking creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, i i i don't know what to do to top that dmt experience you know what i mean i don't Mm -hmm. know where i go after something like that um there's not many places you're yeah and yeah and i i'm i'm It, it, I, you know, it took it took me so long to process what what I had gone through, because there was another side. There was another uh, part of it that happened uh, in like the second session that was of me laying down on this, um, just on on the on a beach towel on the beach and feeling this extremely bright light on the right side of my head like someone had pulled like a dentist lamp right up next to my head. And and then i I felt this move all the way down my right side like it was scanning my body. And then all the way back up and finish the scan of me. Whoa. And I didn't it, it, and I I I made the equivalent of like when you see like a robotic arm painting a car Mm -hmm. that like in some auto warehouse someplace and it's like it's like automatically like moving around and painting the sides of this car that's what it felt like it felt like some it didn't feel like a, uh, a person or anything it felt like a machine that was like scanning me I'm going to be pissed if we are
2: in a very matrix movie, like simulation, that's going to be really disappointing (laughs) (laughs) because that, that experience that you're talking about sounds really like on the nose, you know, like not draped in metaphor and allegory, like many psychedelic experiences are, that was very like, Ooh. it, It was
1: so weird because I was, I was acutely aware of the fact that, I guess you don't really actually have to have a bright light to make it feel like there's a bright light in your face because I knew there wasn't anybody next to me with a light. And yet I was positive that there was a bright light, like right next to my head. And it was such a real feeling. And I was conflicting because i knew it couldn't possibly be what i thought it was and and you're and you're you know you're doing that the whole time you're like Mm. wobbling like what are you hearing this noise and like an oscillation yeah and 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 it is it is it is a humbling experience man you know you come back from that and you just go i i i submit to the universe i don't even understand what the fuck is going on here yeah i'm willing to listen but like <laughs> that's a good I remember, way to have. It. remember in that dmt spirit molecule there's this lady she says i felt like a caveman in a computer lab <laughs> 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 talking about the dmt experiences she was like I was looking at this and all of it, it the whole universe looks so like advanced. And she's like, and I just couldn't comprehend any of it. I was like, yeah, that's how, that's kind of how I felt. I was seeing these patterns and things and I was trying to comprehend it. And I was just like, like yeah. just humbled, completely like you are at the mercy of the universe. But I did not have any machine elves. I was a bit disappointed. Mm. I will tell you that. I, I, I think i think we're both Look, psychonauts thing. enough to know yeah, that yeah. if you start wishing for things going in if i don't know that that's necessarily the best way to do it i think Dude, you're supposed I... to just allow <sighs> yourself to let the thing kind of i'm know. so glad
2: you said that i'm so glad you
1: said and, that and i and i wanted i wanted a certain trip Mm, and i didn't get it and i right. didn't get it because where are those elves <laughs> because because i think i might have wanted it instead but instead i got the simulation trip which is like okay
2: it's I always gonna got- blow your mind it's like you want the wanted the elves because you thought that was gonna blow your mind it's like well no you said to blow your mind you already know <laughs> about the <elves. laughs> right you didn't yeah
1: yeah you just, yeah you just want you just want a, a show uh, we've got a there's a lot of different shows we can give you I'm so glad you said that about
2: like going into it, hoping or trying to have something and it not going that way. And Alan Watts talked about that, not just with psychedelics, but with reality, how, you know, it's like trying to grasp water. It does not work. It will only escape. Uh, And I find that there's a lesson in there for people talking about manifestation, you know, Because when you think about it, that's kind of the false approach that's sometimes advertised, but oftentimes used out there is that people are just desperately seeking their desires, and it's never coming true. So manifestation doesn't work. But maybe it's more like this grasping water thing, or this going into the trip thing. Maybe you have to relax and accept it or something like that. You yeah. know, I hear people sometimes say things like, well, you have to accept that you have $10,000 in the bank. It's like, ah, this sounds like bullshit, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're like, see, well, it, then it is. There it, it is. Bullshit, yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, oh, what a bullshit. perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, Damn it's it. kind of anchored in bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> have a good uh, attitude. Be open right. to it. Be positive. Be expecting it. The secret, all that stuff. Listen, sure. I I went out and bought a fucking island. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> because uh, because I was in the search for an island and I found an island. And it was called Secret Island, and it was right in my price range. And I was like, "Oh my god, dude, this is like that's a dream. That's so awesome. Meant, it's Meant to be, <laughs> Big dummy me. I, I finally we finally sold <laughs> it. So yeah, yeah. When like did you sell after, it? Six after sixteen years of owning it in Belize. <laughs> This, uh, this island that was hey listen i had a great great idea for it but um uh, and you got your changed. midlife perch, midlife crisis purchase
2: out of the way way early
1: so i that's, know. You know i know <laughs> yeah i did it when in my early 30s yeah so uh <laughs> but uh well i don't know i've got my alex jones sweatshirt on my it's that's all awesome. happening it is all happening it feels like it's all happening
2: and uh yeah, going into twenty twenty four, I I know that we did kind of talk mostly about things to kind of be worried about, but honestly, just like you said on that episode of your show, it's we we need to be healthily prepared, and like you said, the water has receded and we're wandering around. Look at all the neat things that have been uncovered by the receding waterline like oh ancient mysteries (laughs) using the metaphor metaphorically and literally but that tide is coming back in and it's it like you said who knows when it's going to happen but to just be healthfully prepared you don't have to necessarily go build a bunker it might help but you know
1: but just 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 re re re-examine your relationship with the bank I yeah. think that's not a, I think that that you need to understand that the banks are criminal enterprises and that they will take your money because it is legally their money so like you're that's free information from Yeah, and that should universe. be a liability
2: anytime, not just you, now. Yeah, as just, soon as you
1: find that information. <laughs> there you go. Don't trust the banks. Just it, it so and, and you don't have to even make a big deal about it. You don't have to go like act all crazy and tell all your friends to get their money out of the banks. Just quietly go do it yourself. Right. right. To the yeah. extent that you Lead can. by example. Be proactive instead of reactive. You know, get honest about where things are. It's not the end yeah. of the world. We're going to make it through it. But like... Damn right. In the relative calm now, why wouldn't you just get yourself some like silver yeah. silver bars i mean i know bullets i know yeah. people that are like well it's never never spoil they never lose their value you know so it's like god you know i started thinking like a prepper i know and they
2: marginalized so, that whole group for a long time probably I for know. very good I reasons did. i think I, and
1: I, i think i might have goofed on the preppers I probably did too. I know I have. You guys were right. You're just a little kooky. Yeah. And that's the great part about this community is that
2: like people are building their bunkers for a lot of different reasons and you don't necessarily have to agree with them. And that's how you get this sense of genuine community that we don't have to be the same person. We're not that leftist mob that needs to be one of us. You know, we're independent people that are agreeing upon like mutual needs and and gnosis about the situation you know and it's good to find everybody it feels so
1: obvious you know that that there's there's some real problems but again you can you can mitigate that you can get yourself to higher ground to the extent that you can prioritize your time absolutely like you can't if if somebody in your family want wants to know about this stuff, obviously tell them tell them what you can. But like yeah. for those people that that don't want it, move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't don't. There's no time to like try to convert people. Yeah, you're wasting. If someone your wants own to know. Now. Let them know. If 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 someone wants to argue. Yeah. Good luck to you, man. You know, you know I, it's I funny.
2: Know. You probably gave me that same advice on our very first appearance together, like three years ago, man. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's a constant uh, reminder, too. You know, <laughs> one thing I I don't want to forget to ask you because this is a this is a personal uh, interest of mine too, because my wife and I we've been trying and hoping to get out of the little suburbia house that we're in right now. And we want land and we want this and we want that. And I know you have a lot of good insight on how the housing market goes and, and we're trying to follow it here and there, but what are, you, what are your, maybe not predictions, but what's your forecast? What, what's it looking
1: like going into 2024? So I, um, my background is I have been a real estate broker or 26 years in California and Nevada, and um, you know every market is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about interest rates where they are, they they they've gotten pretty high pretty fast. And seven percent interest rate isn't the highest you know I've seen higher, mm-hmm. but it's really high when it used to just be. 3%, you know, 2 years yeah. ago. So when that happens really quick, what winds up uh in the consumer's mind and the the in the homeowner's mind is that they make a calculation of like okay, yes, we need to get a bigger house because our family is growing, but if we move from this house into that bigger house, we're trading we're not just buying a bigger house we're also now selling the house with the 3% interest rate and having to buy a more expensive house at a 7% interest rate and that's a deal killer for a lot of people so they'll they'll take a look at that and they'll say let's just renovate the house let's just deal with it let's right. just you know we're just going to stay cuz we can't we've got a killer uh, interest rate so so then you get a lot of people that just maybe want to participate in buying addition you know selling a house buying another but they can't they just make that calculation and it's like nope not doing it so that creates problems every percentage point higher in interest rates you go you lose a segment of buyers that just fall out they're not qualified anymore you know as as it goes to seven percent the debt to income ratio just moves just a little bit in the wrong direction and now all of a sudden you're you're no longer qualified for a mortgage. Now they can monkey around with mortgages, and they can give you some shitty rates, and they can do all kinds of stuff, and that's usually a really bad sign when you start to see things like that. So, I'm I think that if I were heavily invested in residential real estate in the United States, I would be looking to sell, uh, just because. It's been so inflated for so long. And, um, if you can get out now, boy, I would, my instinct says that this is just an unsustainable pump in the market over the last 10 plus years. And, uh, having lived through this in Las Vegas, where it went up 43% in 2004 and I was selling houses and I sold 12 houses in one day, you wow. know, crazy shit like that. I saw unsustainable and then I saw a catastrophe mm-hmm. I, I've, and and so I've seen it, before, you know, and I've been right in the middle of it and it's hard to be honest about it when you're right in the middle of it. But mm. if we're being honest about it, like jobs are not great prospects in america is not great interest rates are not great housing has been overvalued for a long long time yeah due for a correction what does that look like how bad is it you know yeah so time to get out when you can it's it's but but again there's also human factors that go into this too you know it's not all just business it's it's i have to live in this house my kids have to go to that school you know and so there's a lot of that 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 impacts this as well so um and i always think about that when we we talk about these cities that are you know run by lunatic marxists and it's like the poor people that are like stuck there like hostages i would love to leave but i can't because my kids are all in the school and I yeah
2: can't get i out. feel that way here in, you know? in massachusetts big time you know yeah. I mean, we're a little bit of a co- we're kind of covert but no it's pretty fucking liberal here you know yeah. <laughs> so, yeah
1: and you're just like fuck what if i what if i'm what if i'm stuck here you know yeah and, and, and we're great. looking for higher
2: ground specifically <laughs> Because we yeah. are those paranoid types looking at the water. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this
1: to 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 end the real estate uh, uh, part of this, sure, there is a, some interesting opportunities, I will say, in in okay. the real estate industry, and that would be anytime you can get yourself productive farmland, you're in you've got something, yeah, you've got something that that constantly grows. You want to look for land with productive farmland. You want water and you want water rights. If you've got all three of those things, especially the water rights, then you're in pretty good shape. So um, because those things are going to be extremely valuable, especially water. Water is sort of like the 50-year frontier looking out, you know, as far as Mm -hmm. like what's going to be in demand. What do you mean by water rights? Like what is like when you get, you can own the water underneath the ground. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And of course that's separate. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and also you can own a lot of mineral rights too. Mm -hmm. So there's ways that you can, um, there's ways that you can, Profit from this and and it's totally okay to profit from this, right? And I feel that way. I mean, if you are able to see what's going on in advance and make moves accordingly and put your money where your convictions are, why not get rewarded? I think that people that are involved and invested in land, you know, that has water rights and is in a region where it grows a lot of food. And has, you know, access to fresh water. I mean they did it. Please explain yeah. to me how that is a bad investment. Right. It, yes. Depending on how you, you know, where you get, you know, obviously there's a lot of factors, but but uh you you've got something that is is in you know, there's a real opportunity for people out there that want to uh um uh, appeal to people like us that are like where do I go when everything goes to shit? Right. Yeah. You know, because there is a market for that. Because there's a lot of people thinking it and yeah. wondering, like, God damn, what am I gonna do? If yeah. I there's I a lot of us. Somebody. There's a lot <laughs> you know? of us sitting
2: around hoping that, wishing. Like, my wife and I talk about it often. That, like, if all you know, if we had more overhead, if we, if we could be the providers, we, I would love to facilitate something. I would love to get a bunch of good people together that I've met through this podcast. Like let's get serious. Let's stop making, let's, let's take that meme about get together with your friends and buy a property and blah, blah, blah. Let's make that a real thing. You know, we, a lot of us have been talking about it for a long time. <laughs> Maybe someday it'll happen at some
1: point. You, you know, you know who I'm going to be meeting at an this year is, uh, the president of Liberland. What's that? Why do Liberland I, that sounds... is a, uh, a new country. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was started by these radical, like anarchist, lunatic guys that are Berwick's friends. And uh, it's this disputed piece of land, like right off the Cro- like Croatia, Slovenia, I don't know, one of these places. <laughs> it's like right in between, it's sandwiched in between three countries. And it's this little island. And they've done some like legal wrangling and they have like... Turned it into a country. And these awesome. guys, I met I met the finance. I went out on Berwick's boat with him. I met the finance minister of Liberland, and Berwick's <laughs> flying the Liberland flag from his <laughs> from his boat. And and I'm like, I just want a passport. I just want a second passport. That's all. That's so funny. I yeah, I me dual too. Citizenship.
2: I'm like currently looking up their flag right now. <laughs> It's so i like yeah
1: light blue flag and it's, it's got the uh, crest
2: with an eagle and the sun yeah. and the and, water
1: and they're always they're always um I met I met a bunch of the guys uh this last one and yeah uh, and now the president is coming That's the, pre- so cool. the president of Liberland we have royalty I get to I- introduce royalty to the stage. That's so cool. I want to so bad. I want to hear all
2: about <laughs> Lieberland. Not here, just like I want to like find out about that place. I mean, shit, it's kind of far away, but it sounds sounds like a good idea, you know. Nope. And ho- hopefully, it stays the way it's intending to be for for a lot of time, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, crazy. I think that, I think they're running it as as some form of like uh, experiment, but yeah. uh, the guys the guys are. Um, the guys are super smart too. Like, is, it mean, like, the, is it like, is it like voluntary guy I was talking to was like a legit smart dude, crypto Good. banker, uh, you know, hedge fund manager type guy. Wow. Like, I was really impressed. I was like, damn, like he, he was explaining it all out to me on Berwick's boat <laughs> i was like just because i asked i had a million questions We're like how are you running a country like explain this to me yeah is it like voluntarism
2: that i've heard about
1: yeah yeah pretty much yeah that's awesome yeah. It's which like there's i know no these... salaries or anything like, they're not there's no there's no that you're not even allowed on the land so it's like it, it exists like it, it's a physical place but it exists like almost entirely on paper because of this disputed uh territory bullshit like you That's can't even so get wild. on the pl- you can't even get on the land they'll arrest you what even the
2: residents of yeah. that even there this minister
1: Yeah,
0: oh, this you.
2: is so crazy i got yeah. well, they, there needs to be a documentary about libra land
1: there there, <laughs> there, I, there is you know the guys at the tnt studio uh oh. one of the producers at t um at tnt was like look up this uh video he's it's called like 27 minutes of something of uh,
0: uh,
1: 27 minutes and before i got arrested on Lieberland.
0: <laughs> oh my and god. and it was that's like awesome. this guy
1: some youtube guy who i guess is a big deal was like you know what i'm gonna see if i can get on Liberland. and sure enough he got arrested within like 30 minutes wow so uh and filmed the whole thing too yeah yeah so. that's
2: crazy <laughs>
1: Well so I'll tell you how it goes when I after I see them uh in uh oh wow coming up on five weeks Wow is it that close the next is that the next ancopolco or that's the next ancopulco that's gonna yep. be
2: a big one and yeah you guys you guys got a lot of good speakers this year right yeah we've got
1: well max egan yeah. is is gonna be one of them larkin Rose uh day i i got david ike um virtually i okay. I settled with vir- virtually so i uh um i thought i was going to be able to get him to get on the plane because i wild. saw him in 2019 <laughs> at, at an arcapulco mm-hmm. and this year jeff asked me he's like is there anyone that you really want and i said i really want david ike and so he's like well go ask him so <laughs> so we we split the difference yeah yeah might as well virtually then we've got a bunch of the doctors and we've got a bunch of the crypto guys uh there's like you know the first day is like fuck the government anarchy people and then the second day is like crypto and the third day is health and wellness and the fourth day is like preppers and homeschoolers and the fifth day is like all of the um natural pathic doctors and all the Del big trees and all the mm. movie producers and all those guys are there on that friday and then there's like a huge party that night so that that's basically like what it is it's just it's monday through friday of uh of that and so i'll be the i'll be the ringleader this year that's awesome man um well, which congratulations, is, which is fun for me you know it's a real treat for me because it's my favorite week of the year and and uh and to be able to uh get to see it up close is
0: uh,
1: a trip so anyway i hope if anyone is interested in getting the hell out of wherever cold ass place they are in february you can go to dot com, and uh and take a look and see what you think see if you want to get some tickets and fly down there and uh, and change your life and get some cool experiences under your belt instead of buying shit that you don't need
2: <laughs> it blows my mind that like <laughs> hbo did a, did like a documentary yeah. and everything cuz it's like yeah it's like almost like, uh, get them. A, what, what, why, why did, why do they want to know about it? Like, <laughs> but it's like, it's part, such, but it's such a big thing. Six part you know? Series on Yeah. It. And it's yeah, like, no, this is crazy. supposed to be an undergrad. This is supposed to be all of us. Like what's going on. But at the same time, it's like, it's undeniable what a lot that's, that goes on at those, the, that conference. It's like all those topics you mentioned are so crucial. And it's kind of like, like I mentioned the trivium earlier, we got to learn what's going on from all these different angles. And you mentioned some really perfect hot topics like homeschooling and, yeah, and the, the, all the doctors coming out in defense of all of us non-vaccinated and everything that happened over the past few years. Like these are all such crucial points on the map that need to be covered, you know? So I really commend your, you guys for well, doing I, this.
1: I, I'm, i uh, I'm happy to be involved. The team there is super nice. Uh, I met them all last year. I mean, obviously, besides Jeff, I knew him. Yeah. But, the, but the they've got great producers uh, on it. So when it came time to like uh, figure out who was going to be the host, I had already been talking to them. I never stopped talking to them yeah. after Arcapulco, after this last <laughs> February. I just still just kept talking to him. And then one time I just said to Jeff, who's going to host it this year? Because it was Ernest Hancock who hosted it last year. And he was great because mm. Ernie, I don't know if you know him, but Ernie, he talk, he's an old guy and he talks like this and, talk, 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 and he, he will fucking talk for 12 hours straight. Whoa. And he's awesome. For, <laughs> and and, uh and he's super interesting too but he's very intense and he's super loud and he's perfect for it so i mentioned it to jeff i was like i said i said are you is ernie going to do it again he goes no 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 we don't know who's going to do it i said oh well let uh, let me let me know if you need me to to help out he goes oh oh okay would you do you want to do it i was like sure i'll do it and he's like okay well then do it let's do it that'd be great and i was like Okay. <laughs> Jeff okay.
2: Seems, I've never talked to him, but Jeff what every time you've talk, mentioned him, he just seems like he, he trusts you. He's just
1: like, all right, cool. Yeah, do it. <laughs> he 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 is um he what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he spent cool. um he spent he did the most appropriate thing ever. The night our book got released. He spent the night in a jail cell in mexico in cabo for fighting with the police nice. and i and i know that because his wife filmed it and sent it to me <laughs> like congratulations on the book screaming at the police <laughs> that's fucking he's awesome wasted and he's screaming at the police he's two years sober now i, good, I must good say for him. good for uh, him so and, and he's and and he's jeff has been um nothing but good to me so i like him it's awesome so. man well and, charlie oh so i hope to i hope to see hope to see some of you out there if you if you actually do come to an arcapulco and, and it's because of this episode you absolutely positively must come find me and tell me that hell yeah please do yeah you go have see, to go I, see... I insist yeah i see charlie
2: and jeff and everybody else that would yeah, be i wish i now. could man it's in new mexico
1: right acapulco mexico mexico legit mexico Le- big, act- big mexico okay actual actual <laughs> actual mexico oh, in, a, in a place called secret garden which is a botanical garden place that's beautiful that's really trippy and super cool and like has like natural swimming holes are all around it it's a fucking trippy place man does jesse ventura
2: does ventura still live down there around like
1: i know in cabo okay okay i'm in cabo
2: i'm in in the baja i don't know about any arnocos and polcos i don't listen to polka music that was bad i apologize everyone (laughs) but listen charlie it's been a a great time i love talking to you man i appreciate you you very much
1: my radio show on the weekends hell yeah man and if
2: if my crazy schedule changes i would love to join you on on during the week sometime absolutely like we were talking about before working two jobs has definitely turned things a little upside down i'm gonna try to get this episode out this week. So so hopefully yeah. all your references to yesterday and it won't be too yeah. far off. It'll be yeah, good. <laughs> so Charlie, please tell the people who may be living under a rock and, and haven't heard from you you know, before, where can they find you to find out more?
1: Well, I have a brand new website. Macroaggressions.io is the place to go. And um, we did a little rebranding recently, changed the logo up. and uh that all just started so um new website new stuff new year hell yeah man world World order (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so uh and uh macroaggressions the podcast goes out twice a week once as a monologue once as a as an interview and um you can find me, oh, on Twitter, at Macroaggression, where I argue with the uh, bots. Hell um, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twitter is for yelling and, and arguing. Uh, if anyone didn't already know that, I mean, come on. All right, Charlie, awesome chat. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, let's kick off this year with some positivity, despite a lot of crazy shit going on. So one step at a time, everybody. So love you all. See you next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats,
0: living together, that is hysteria. Enough, <laughs> <laughs> I <get> the point. <laughs> you have meddled the primal forces of nature. <laughs> <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay? Uh... <laughs>